I love the term zombie cells. Um, <laughs> if you have zombie cells, they're not serving your, you anymore. When the 5-amino-1-MQ not only improves cellular energy, but it's also flipping that switch to either take a cell that is sickly and get it back to a normal functioning cell or allow the autophagy to happen. But interestingly about this peptide is when you take it, you feel really good. You notice less body pain, more focus, more energy. Um, wow. Your own physical capability is, is better. Performance. You're listening to Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey. Today's cool fact of the day is about consciousness, specifically consciousness in monkey brains. And new research out at the University of Wisconsin indicates that the brain's central lateral thalamus, which is really deep in your forebrain, plays a central role in your consciousness way more than we thought it did anyway. Consciousness is basically your ability to experience internal and external sensations. A boring definition, but it's better than any other one where we'll just argue about it all day. And we tied that to the brain's cortex and thalamus based on EEG and functional MRI studies in humans and probably in mice too. But in this new study, they took a more holistic approach to understand how brain networks behave by studying awake, sleeping, and anesthetized monkeys. And they narrowed down this region of the brain involved in consciousness to a way more specific area than anything that's ever been done. And they found that stimulating a very small area in the brain called the central lateral thalamus resulted in a fully conscious amount of neural activity even if the animal was anesthetized. In other words, this one teeny tiny part of the brain that we discovered through looking at brain networks, the same kind of brain networks, by the way, that we train at 40 years of Zen, but that that was the seed of consciousness, at least for waking up from anesthesia. And certainly you need the whole network of the body and the mind to be fully conscious and aware and plugged into the world around you. But we're learning more about the brain every day. So when some douchebag comes up to you and says, that can't happen, therefore it didn't happen, and you've had a really interesting experience, maybe it's just because they didn't know about the central lateral thalamus or some other thing that no one knows about yet. We're looking for new brain stuff and we're finding it every day. So don't fall for the trap of thinking that we know everything about our biology or our brains because there's cool new stuff coming down at a faster rate than ever before in all of human history. And we're here to hack it. Now, speaking of hacking it, today's guest knows a thing or two about hacking the human body. She's a board-certified anesthesiologist and fellow-trained interventional pain medicine physician and she graduated in the first ever class of physicians trained and certified in peptide medicine. And if you don't know what peptides are, you need to go out and buy your copy of Superhuman. Peptides are these small protein fragments that are changing the face of anti-aging. See what I did there? That was awesome. Changing the face of anti-aging. Come on. Somebody laugh. Anyway, I had to say it. Uh, anyhow, I'm talking about uh, Dr. Heather Smith. Fernandez, who's the founder of the Regenerative Institute of Medicine in Naples, Florida. And she created something called peptology, which is a study and clinical application of peptides in living beings, both human and non-human. And I consider her to be one of the go-to experts on peptides because she's using them throughout her practice, regenerative treatments, advanced aesthetics, sexual health, hormone therapy, preventive medicine, all that kind of stuff that is motherhood and apple pie to me. 
So Heather, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Hi, Dave. Now, whenever I talk with a regenerative medicine doctor, I, I just want to be like, how old are you? <laughs> You I look just, super well, young. I just learned, I just turned 50 this year. Are you serious? Yes, sir. <laughs> okay. Wow. It, it's it's one of those things where like, okay, if you're like, I'm a weight loss doctor and I weigh, you know, 400 pounds, you're like, maybe your advice of eat less and exercise more just doesn't work or you don't follow it because you can't follow it. One of the two. Uh, so, okay. Whatever you're doing is working. Thank you. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll tell you that. I was going to ask you like, all right, did you start like Doogie Hauser when you were like 12 <laughs> in medical school? But all right, nope. you solved it for me. Uh, okay. That was my first thing. I'm like, how is this possible? You also do bioidentical hormone replacement, which is something that changed my life when I was 26. It was about 20 years ago for me uh, because I had less, <laughs> less ester, no, less testosterone and more estrogen than my mom when I was 26. Oh, yes. My hormones were yeah. seriously broken. Yes. Uh, so I, I believe that that really helped to change the trajectory of my health and my life and my brain and everything else. Uh, and so that's something that already is cutting edge, but now you're all into peptides, which are super like bleeding edge. What made you go from doing things like uh, uh, hormones into this highly specialized, but really just a couple year old area of science? Well, I think that um, like like you and like a lot of people who are really committed to um, thinking about health a different way than what we've been doing in this country for a while, really doing preventative medicine and what you're doing is utterly revolutionary. I, um, I was kept awake at night by the patients that didn't get better from my regenerative procedures. You have two patients next to each other with the same problem, whether it was a knee or a back or a shoulder, and relatively same age, same activity level, and a couple times they would have markedly different outcomes. And that just sent me down, that's what sent me down the pathway of learning about hormones. Because when I started really digging into the research, the patients that did better with every kind of regenerative procedure were patients that were hormone optimized. And um, once I got that, so I said, I need to learn about this. And I did that. In about 2012, I was fully certified in hormone medicine and applying that to my regenerative practice. But I was also searching for when we target a tissue, how can we make the PRP or the cellular preparation, whatever we're putting into that tissue, how can we maximize the healing effect? And the first peptide I worked with was IGF-1. And as um, some of your listeners, and you may know, IGF-1 is an active metabolite of growth hormone and it's highly prolific. And when it's, it can also wake up progenitor cells to get them to start helping in the healing process. And then of course, somorelin was one of the early peptides that when patients had their growth hormone levels more optimized, they just did better. And then they felt better and they had all of these incidental improvements aside from what procedure I had done to their joint or their spine. And it was, it was just a love story that started right from there with me and peptides. And I went and learned from every person I could possibly learn from. So the idea of IGF-1 or insulin-like growth factor, it makes cells grow, fac grow faster as, well, it's kind of described. So does insulin, by the way, because insulin makes cells grow faster. That's why bodybuilders used to go slam a bunch of sugar after lifting weights to raise their insulin so they could put on 
more mass and get swole uh, <laughs> despite the downside. And then sermorellin is a way of raising growth hormone without injecting the stuff that's $1,000 a vial to inject. Right. Um, so you are basically modifying the growth rate of tissue so people would recover faster yes. and doing it with these tiny little protein fragments. How do we know that they work? Like, how do we discover all these different peptides? Well, the first peptide that was sequenced outside the body was insulin, and it was a long time ago. And um, the, making a peptide is actually a very, very complicated process. Being able to take a, a large protein from the body and find the active segment that sits in one particular receptor. Some proteins can have um, multiple actions at different sites. That's often how we think about hormones is that you have one substance that has multiple different actions at different sites of the body. But being able to know which sequence needed to sit in that receptor to get the desired biological effect on the other side was, um, was years and years of research and science. And once they learned how to s sequence peptides outside the body and make them stable, which was a really big leap forward in peptide medicine, then you see the, the, the research just skyrocket. They, some of our um, Russian friends and our Croatian friends were way ahead of us with peptide research. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> and it, we, we didn't get to play with their, to their toys <laughs> until fairly recently when um, there was just a lot more information that was being shared. And um, so we're catching up really quickly, though, uh, with being able to, to utilize peptides and study them. In Superhuman, I wrote a chapter on peptides, including a lot of the weird Russian ones that they discovered in young animals, but not old animals, and how to use those. And and so readers who or listeners who are also readers uh, will maybe be familiar with that. But what is the weirdest, most unknown peptide that you're excited about, even if you're not sure about? For me, um, I think that I'm, my love with epithalon is, I love that peptide. I think uh -huh. it's the most understated peptide in our toolbox, and I use it a lot. It has tremendous capability, and it, it works in so many different areas. It, it, it's one of the true anti-aging peptides, in my opinion, and it promotes um, better sleep, healthier sleep, much healthier sleep. And when it's used in combination with certain other peptides, you get a synergistic effect. Um, it, it literally, you can people can feel their brain getting younger when they're using epithalon hmm. regularly. So that's probably, I never hear anybody talking about it and I, I'm, I just love that peptide. I love it that you brought that one up. I've been on it on and off for about the last six years. And what it it's originally the, the reason I went on it is that it lengthens telomeres, right? Yes. right? And it it's way more cost effective than some of the other supplements that are out there, and probably more effective as well. Uh, I mean, it, you can buy it for anywhere from fifty to a few hundred bucks, depending on what quality and what source and all that. Yes. Uh, but what is it doing for the brain? I mean, telomeres are one thing, but talk to me about pineal glands and things like that. Yes, and, it's and actually it sensitizing the hypothalamus to the effects of our hormones. So we're getting more bang for our buck. And what hormones you have are going to work better in the brain. And when you optimize your hormones, you're, you're creating the same model that you had when you were younger, where you had more sensitization to those hormones, better receptor activation, better interplay, better cell signaling. Um, and in the pineal gland in particular, you're, you're really getting back to that state of healthy sleep 
in addition to lengthening the telomeres. And, and that's what we already know. There's probably so much that we don't know about epithalon. And I know you mentioned it in your book, and I was so excited when I read that. Um, so that's probably my secret favorite peptide that doesn't get enough attention. <laughs> Got it. Um, well, I, I kind of want to go into this list of, of peptides, but one thing that you offered to, and I didn't even talk about how we met. Um, I went to the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine. Um, I've keynoted there, which is an odd honor given that I'm not a doctor to get to talk to a room of 3000 doctors is kind of cool. Um, and I met my wife there more than 10 years ago. So like, this is a, a place I really like, but I only had a little bit of time there. So I, I went to your talk and that was <laughs> kind of the only talk I went to. Because <laughs> I'm like, yay, let's go deep on peptides. Uh, and even amongst that very well-educated crowd of, of doctors who are looking at aging, um, you know, they, they asked you to come up and talk about peptides because you've, you've, got, you've, you've done a fellowship in them and you've used them for a long time. And so I, I enjoyed the conversation right afterwards, which is when I said, hey, come on the show. Uh, now, you've also put together a, a list of sort of the top 10 things you can treat with peptides uh, for people listening to the show. And I already forgot your URL. What's your URL? It's drheather.net slash Dave. All right, drheather.net slash Dave. You go there, she put together a bunch of stuff. We don't have any financial arrangements other than I just want you guys to know about peptides. There's a bunch I've written about peptides on the Dave Asprey blog. Um, but uh, Dr. Heather here knows a lot about them and I want you guys to know. And part of this is the the price I quoted, it's what I spent on Epitalon is probably 50 bucks. You go to a proper compounding pharmacy, medically certified, people are gonna spend what, 200 bucks on a typical Epitalon? Yeah, I mean, peptides, um, sourcing is extremely important. I had, um, I learned that in my practice, uh, the, the hard way. And so I always share with physicians, you need to really know where the peptide is coming from. Um, I can tell you a story about what happened to one of my patients. Um, I normally get my peptides from a very reputable manufacturer and they were out of a peptide. It's a melanotan peptide, which is a, a tanning peptide, but it's also, I like that one. Oh, it's really good. It's, it's so helpful for, autoimmune diseases, chronic inflammation, sleep, libido, and it protect. I live in South Florida where, you know, you can fry an egg on my forehead if I'm not careful in the summertime in five minutes. And um, so it protects you from burning and protects you from sun damage. Um, but anyway, melanotan does have a potential side effect for some people. About 15% of people will get nauseated. The nausea is usually not severe. It usually is self-limited by about 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes, and then it goes away. And not everybody gets this. Well, my normal supplier was back-ordered, and my patient was really not patient about it. They really needed the peptide. Let me guess. It was a guy? Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll know, talk about why he was desperate later. He, he just wasn't here and that we, I couldn't get it. And so I sourced from a local compounder that people, a compounder that I knew the pharmacist, they were very reputable. I'd done a lot of business with them and, um, they, it, the peptide arrived with their label on it, just like it looked just like it normally should look, gave it to the patient to use. And the patient experienced such severe, severe nausea, like severe nausea to the point where they almost went to the emergency room for three days. Oh my goodness, that's severe. Yes. I've never heard of that. Three days. He was calling me three, four times a day, every day. What is going on? I was tr you know, trying to treat his nausea, but as soon as the anti-nausea medicine wore off, he was back to being on his bathroom floor, 
Um, it was awful. And so I immediately contacted my, um, my, my compounding pharmacy and sent the bottle back. And I said, please test this. There's something wrong with this peptide. Where did you get it? And they said, well, we got it from so-and-so. And I said, well, is that who made it? No, we don't know who makes it. And that is the common story. There, there's so many middlemen in the passing of peptides that the truth is there's only a couple actual manufacturers. And you, they, you don't always know where it's coming from unless you really do the research and know. And so they didn't find any overt contaminants, but there was clearly something very wrong with that peptide. And I've heard horror stories of you know, people ordering peptides just off of the internet and the, for research only peptides. And I've seen, I've seen the pictures of some of the labs out of the country that are making peptides that literally look like they should be condemned. So something out of Breaking Bad back yes, in Winnebago, guys in their BVDs. Yep, a hundred percent like that. That you, the, oh my gosh, you would inject this into your body. Um, so. Uh, you know, and that was a really important lesson. And that happened several years ago. And a lot of physicians just don't know that where, you know, they think that the, their compounders can't do full stability and quality testing on every single bottle of peptides that come to them. They, there's a, there's a certain chain that they would never, they would have to charge you six times what they charge you. The peptide is highly uh, under, underpriced. Then you probably want to make sure you understand why that is. Got it. And then there's markups, you know, yes. everywhere along. There's what does it cost to manufacture? What's the profit that they make? They sell it to a distributor who doubles the price, sells it to a compounding pharmacist who doubles the price, sells it to a doctor, sells it to you who doubles the price as well. If I can yes. just say, <laughs> you know that that does happen, and I, I always encourage um, the physicians that that train with me to not do that. Um, yeah. you, you really want to be transparent and consistent with you know, and and get these peptides to more people. We don't want them to only be for people who, you know, can afford very, very expensive medicines. That's that's not what we want. No, and they're actually much more cost effective to make than a lot of pharmaceutical compounds and more broad acting and also bioidentical to what our body does. Yes. Um, so let's talk about melanotan for a minute. First, we talked about epitalon, which makes your brain work well and is a, a broad spectrum antagonist. Oh, we never talked about epitalon. Uh, I spend about 50 bucks, maybe 70 bucks on it or something. But the protocol that I learned for anti-aging that goes back to 2003, the first research, I think, you inject once a day for 10 days every six months. But I've also used it more frequently than that. Uh, how often do you recommend using epitalin? Every day. <laughs> really? Yeah. Without stop? Without stop. What, just not, kind not of that, dose? just small doses. So just 10 units, really small doses um, okay. can be used every day. Um, I like to cycle almost every peptide. Um, I don't, just for cost and real estate, I'm not a very big person and my real estate gets sore. So I like to just let the injection sites heal. By, by real estate, <laughs> we mean ass. Well, yeah, and belly. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> Any place I mean, but, where their skin. <laughs> right. So sore. the places you inject are the back of the arm, your <laughs> butt, and I hate doing the belly because it always hurts. I don't do it on my belly, but you can. <laughs> you that, those are really the only spots, right? Pretty much. I mean, you can do them anywhere you have skin with a little fat underneath it, but those are the places that are easiest to reach if you're injecting yourself. So okay. um, so I think that cycling cycling is necessary for a lot of peptides, but even peptides where we don't, we don't necessarily need to cycle, I think it's always good to let your body have a break. So, but you okay. can do, there's some that you can do just every day and they've been used in high doses for long periods of time and studied and very safe. Epithalon, um, it, it, at just a 10 units a day in the evening, 
and you can use that long term. Now, what's a unit in terms of milligrams? Because usually they sell these in milligrams. That's true. I would have to look at, um, I always get it from the same place, so I haven't looked at the milligram content, but I will get that to you. Uh, um, I'm interested, okay. Yeah, yeah. I think so that just, all of the listeners I'm, would too. I, yeah, That's okay. I will get it we'll too. Put that, uh, we'll put that in the show notes. Okay, and, perfect. And, and by the way, if you go to daveasprey.com, every one of my 700 shows has a transcript, or maybe it's 700-ish, uh, on the site. They're all searchable. And so you don't have to worry about taking notes. Uh, I got your back there and we'll put that translation and exactly how to spell epitalin in there as well. Now, if that one's really powerful, why evening? And this, this is a question I want to get into with you. Okay. The body does all sorts of circadian stuff that we're barely understanding. I know some things like melanotan, uh, you take that stuff at night, you're not going to like your quality of sleep, but why is epitalin a nighttime one? In the small daily dose, it, it really helps with sleep. I've been, okay. sleep has been, um, I'm one of those people who's always had a hard time sleeping. Even when I was a kid, I would lay awake and my brain would run. And um, so sleep is something I've been chasing for much of my life. Um, even before real stress was ever a part of my life, just, it's right. just not a good sleeper. So um, natural things that do help me get a better night's sleep are things I like other people to know about. Um, I'm such a challenge with sleep that if it works for me, chances are it's going to work for 95% of other people. And now I know I know that you also use an aura ring, and I read that in your book. I have an aura ring. I love my aura ring. Um, it really helps you know what's going on with your sleep, and it's such an important um, factor that when I when I use peptides either on myself or on my patients, tracking sleep, especially if there's things that are used at night whether it's harming the sleep or helping the sleep, I find that to be ex extremely important information. Uh, having for 14 years tracked my sleep you know, with headbands and weird stuff, <laughs> the ring is way better. And yeah, I, I wake up and go, you know what? I, I don't feel that great. And you're like, oh, look, I only got you know, 20 minutes of REM sleep or you know, 20 minutes of deep sleep when on a, a good night. I should be getting a couple hours of each and six hours. Um, I... Um, I look at, at what did I do, and there are some things, even vitamin D will ruin your sleep. If you take it at night, it's, it's a circadian hormone. It just is. And, and so having that visibility lets you really quickly zoom in. So you figure out epitalin is good for sleep. Yes. Um, now, um, melanotan is sort of the opposite end of this. You mentioned it's one that's good for tanning. It has some other interesting effects. Uh, you want to talk about uh, other than avoiding sunburns and getting a nice dark skin, what is the role of MSH, melanocyte stimulating hormone, which is also known as melanotan? Well, it works in the melanocortin system of the brain. And there's four different main melanocortin hormones. And they are um, extremely important in the inflammatory response. So when you're managing, especially with, um, with an autoimmune situation where the inflammation is um, to your own tissues and it's unregulated and it it obviously becomes a real problem. When you can quiet that part of the system, it, it's very effective at that, and it does promote more uh, deep sleep. It also has a... When taken in the morning, though, right? Or do you find you can... I think that there are two groups of people. There are those that will take it in the morning, and they do better, and there are those that take it at night, and they have to really? experiment, yeah. Um Especially for the, those people that get a little bit nauseated from melanotan, it's oh, not a okay. good. Yeah, when they try to take it in the morning. Now that nausea, 
really isn't severe. It shouldn't be <laughs> severe and it's, it's self-limiting. It doesn't last very long. It can be um, prophylaxed with several things if, if it does cause nausea. CBD or full-spectrum cannabis is extremely effective at blunting the nausea from ever happening. You can also do, like we make a, uh, this is a True Dark, the, my glasses company. We make a, a light you can put over your gut that has red and amber and infrared in it. And if you put that on on, on pulsing, it, that can really have a strange calming effect. Like it, it's pretty neat. Oh, that's much better. That would be wonderful. Yeah. So light therapy helps with nausea quite a lot, but it has to be kind of tight on the belly. Mm. I, uh, I, what else do you use? Um, for nausea? Well, yeah. there's Alka-Seltzer Gold. The, specifically, okay. the gold formulation can be very helpful. And if we go into the pharmaceuticals, the Ondansetron is extremely effective. I, I like to avoid the pharmaceuticals if we can, but people don't want to walk around nauseated. If that's, if that's a problem that they have and they're only using the melanotan, they'll use it every day until they get to um, kind of their, their desired coloration, which is how most people do it, and then they'll maintain with two or three times a week. And even with the improvement in the inflammation, you don't have to use it every day to get that. You can, you can be in a maintenance program where you're only using it a few times a week. Now... I've walked around with you know fantastic tan because I use this stuff, but really you feel great when you when you do that. And yes. specifically inside the brain, you talked about those four receptors. Um, there is some evidence that I wrote about in Headstrong about your melanin levels inside the eyes, inside the brain, where they don't actually see light, being really important for electrical creation and flow. And so I'm looking at this as a cognitive enhancer amongst other things. Uh, and of course, it takes time to develop that, and you need some light exposure. Uh, but uh, I did find, you know, it was getting pretty, you know, a nice tan, but all of my little freckly bits got darker. Yes. Right. <laughs> Which can be an issue for some people, you know, if, if you have fair skin. Um, what do you recommend doing about that, if anything? I, I like to just tell people that it can happen. Um, in Florida, seeing the dermatologist before you start a tanning peptide, I think is a really good idea because if you see them after and they see something that got darker and, and they don't understand peptides, they're, you're going to end up with lots of biopsies. So, <laughs> <laughs> which, you know, that's not a day in the park, especially if they're doing 20 different areas. But what I have found is... Um, with regular use, you actually develop less sunspots. So even though some of the, the little darker areas will get darker when you use the tanning peptide, by personal experience, I've been using it for about four years, um, I just don't have any new brown spots, new sunspots. It's, it's been, and I have other patients who have been consistent with that too. They found the same thing. What works pretty well too for people who are really worried about it, like who cares if you have a freckle on your back or something, but if it's on your face or your forehead, you don't like it, in winter, don't use melanotan and don't have a tan so your skin is pale and then they, there are lasers, like you do regenerative stuff. Right. There's lasers that will remove all the dark spots from your face and then wait a month or two and start taking melanotan and magically... It, it won't, won't be, be there anymore. Yeah, if that's yeah. and there's always that option. You can spot, kind of spot weld with the hydroquinone. I don't usually recommend that for the face because it's going to start looking a little calico-like. It's not all going to be even. But um, Spot welding on the yeah. face is the coolest <laughs> thing anyone's ever said on the show. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Would you believe I used to weld Toyota truck frames in a manufacturing facility? Did you? I did. Was so I know about spot welding and okay. I can tell you if you're driving a Toyota truck frame that I welded on, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> it was not my calling. So when we say spot welding, you just brought up all sorts of memories for me. <laughs> um, 
Now, on your uh, so so that's kind of the the good things. But earlier I said, how did I know it was a guy who had to have his melanotan uh, hormone? And the reason for that is that if you take that stuff and you're a guy, you are going to be like a teenager. Like it, it is a, a pretty substantial, like I woke up with a kickstand and every woman around me is really attractive. Yes. Um, there is the aphrodisiac component, which yeah, we haven't talked about yet. <laughs> it does that for men, right? Does it do that for women oh, too? Oh, very I much so, yes. Okay. Yeah, it's actually been used um, if women are, are prepared to tolerate the tanning for a female hyposexual disorder um, where the hormones are there, um, the testosterone is optimized, but they just don't have any interest. And um, actually, PT-141, also called bromelanotide, was created by isolating that um, libido-enhancing and aphrodisiac component of melanotan. If you use enough PT-141, you will see some darkening of the skin, especially um, like the cracks in the hands or the areola and certain certain areas that are more noticeable, but you have to use quite a bit of it to get that. It's really of, not for tanning. Of 141 yes. or of melanotan? Of oh, I didn't know it's still darkened you. It can if you use a lot of it, which isn't really okay. recommended. It's more recommended two to three times a week, um, not an everyday thing. And in your talk at A4M, you talked about it being good for prostate health in men as well. So for the aging sexual function, not just sexual, but urogenital function, it, it seems is. important. It is, because it works on the nervous system instead of the vascular system. We have a lot of different things we do for the vascular system. We have medications, we have shockwave, we have supplements like Neo40, arteriosal, you know, all these different things. But when it comes to the nervous system, we have either PRP in cells or in addition to that, we have PT-141, which is, um, you know, the, the studies are pretty impressive. They One study that I read had 80% of men um, had improvement in their erections, and these were all men who had not responded to Viagra Cialis. So, so I'm, I'm just going to have to say this. Uh, I don't have any problems with my erections, but I do use PT-141 when I'm getting too dark from melanotan. right? And either one of those things, like I don't have any problems with them, but like there's a certain sort of thing... You know, without being too crass, you, you look at, I just interviewed Montauk Chia, um, who's like the, the top Qigong master on the planet. And he'll get very crass with you and talk about, you know, if you can't hang a weight from it, you know, you're not strong. And I'm, you know, 76 years old and, and things like that. And I'll just say, uh, as a guy who's perfectly happy with the way I function, uh, when you're taking PT-141 or uh, Melanotan, there's just another level. You're like, I think this is like, when I was 18 or something. I, I, I don't know. Yes. And maybe it's and, better than that. And why wouldn't we want that? There's, there's no reason to not make it as optimal as well, we can. It's, it's better all the way around. And it's not about, it's not about just, you know, Hey, I'm going to, you know, have a really good time in the bedroom. Although, Hey, no, I'm, I'm a fan of that. Like anyone else, it's that the energy of sex, if you ask any tantric master or Taoist is the, actually the energy of creation. And if you can keep that kind of vibe high, it's one of the most important anti-aging things I think you can do. You know, in the book, in Superhuman, I read, you know, fertile animals live longer. And so if your body's like, uh, you might want to go make a baby right now, whether you're a man or a woman, whether you choose to do that or not, as long as it thinks you might want to, it's not going to let you die and get old because it knows you might have to take care of said baby. Uh, so it's a good way of tricking yourself. And again, these are, these are cheap, uh, yes. you know, 50 to 150 bucks probably compared to the cost of a prescription for any of the pharmaceutical enhancers. Right, they only the work on men. Enhancers don't don't. Um, all they do is work on the plumbing. They yeah. they don't actually 
you know, work on the nervous system or work make the intimacy more enjoyable. They're really working on the plumbing. So what's the normal dose of PT-141 for a man versus a woman? Um, well, I'm, I'm, you're going to ask me milligrams. I'm going to have to get that to you again because I've okay. been using the same company for so long that I'm sure. using units, um, which is right. off of an insulin syringe. I always tell both men and women to start very, very small. Um, just like melanotan, there, there's a little bit of a higher incidence of nausea, mostly with women using PT-141. Doesn't mean it's can't be corrected and it can't be treated, but you want to know if you're going to be nauseated with a 10-unit dose, not a 30-unit dose. Um, and for okay. me, the same thing. There actually was a, a documented, at least one documented case of significant priapism from PT-141, just a too high of a dose. So and that's something I've always wanted to try. Just kidding. <laughs> a trip to the emergency room with such. I know. That's, <laughs> I, sorry, I was just in my seventh grade self for a minute there. I, I just had to say that. Um, so I mean, but, it was it was obviously six hours, and they needed to go and um, to the emergency room and have a procedure yeah. done for that. So, I, but anywhere from ten units up to thirty units. Usually, most men are uh, between ten and twenty units, and that's their sweet spot. Um, but a lot of women are a little bit more refractory, and as long as they're not nauseated, which is a huge mood killer, um, they can go up to 30 units. What if there was a way to feel younger for longer? Well, there is. Your body needs something called the NAD plus molecule to help you age well. When you're young, your body makes a lot of NAD plus, and that helps you make energy. It helps you keep your DNA healthy, absorb nutrients well, and it protects your cells from stress. But once you hit about 30, your NAD plus levels start to drop. The good news is that longevity scientists have found some things that can help, like niacin, niacinamide, and niagen. They help your body make more NAD plus even as you age. All three of these are in an amazing formula called Qualia NAD plus. Check out Qualia NAD plus risk-free for up to 100 days at neurohacker.com slash Dave15 to save an extra 15%. That's neurohacker.com slash Dave15, Qualia NAD+. It's what I use. Now, I, uh, I had to, to go grab a, a bottle of water really quick, but I thought I would also grab uh, some syringes here. By the way, if you're watching on YouTube, I'm waving around syringes. <laughs> and I, I may or may not have a bag full of many different kinds of peptides, I have some here, epitalent. I was going to inject some uh, 141 because I haven't done that yet today. Don't worry, listeners. It does not take effect. Actually, I have some melanotan. I haven't done that in a while. It does not take effect right away. In fact, it's several hours. Um, and I was going to ask you because it might happen. Sometimes if I do PT-141, I'm opening the syringes right now, um, or if I do melanotan, I get really hot. I don't get nauseous usually unless I do a big dose, right. but I get like flushed. Like, like my, my yeah. face turns red and I'm kind of like sweaty. What's yeah. going on with that? I think that's just a local histamine um, reaction. It happens with the growth hormone secretagogues too. And it's usually, again, 10, 15 minutes and then it goes away. But it can, okay. it can be, um, it, you can get quite hot. So a little bit of Benadryl would fix that if it bothered me. It usually does. Yeah. Right. I have a vial of a certain compound here. Uh, and this is PT-141. I'm not going to be promoting any one supplier over the other because, well, you got to do your own vetting and work with your doctors and stuff like that. So now I'm drawing up a little bit. 
I didn't wasn't planning on doing this, but you just inspired me. So, <laughs> well, I'm happy draw, to be an inspiration. <laughs> drawing up a little bit of melanotan here, just into the vial. And I know how much water I put in this, so this is about the right dose for me. And now I'm going to do something really cool. I'm going to use this uh, paper towel soaked in alcohol. It's like a little wipey that a proper doctor would use, but I'm a biohacker, so I can use a paper towel with alcohol in it because the <laughs> difference is there is no difference. <laughs> Am I right? You're right. Okay, and I'm going to do it on the back of my arm here. By the way, look at those guns. I did a, a thing on electrical stimulation yesterday. We shocked the crap out of my biceps for two minutes, and oh my God, they hurt today. So now I'm looking all well-defined, but don't worry, it's all fake. And I'm going to stick the needle in here. And it sounds sounds really bad, but it simply doesn't hurt to put a needle in. How's my technique? You can't even tell because I'm off the camera. But, I, I think you're looking very good. You want to make sure that it's at a direct uh, purpose. Oh, you like it going straight in? Yeah, you put it straight in. Otherwise, sometimes if you don't, the needle is so small that you can end up with a dermal injection rather than subcutaneous. And that can cause the itching and the irritation. But I thought you did a great job. So, so Those I, are very I've, nice guns. Well, gee, thanks. I was totally, <laughs> totally joking. There are actual bodybuilders and people who spend way more time than I do. <laughs> but I'm happy with my almost muscular physique. <laughs> uh, the uh, um, a lot of people have actually taught me in, di in different doctors' offices. You want to go in at about a 45 degree angle if you've got at least a one centimeter needle. But I never could get an explanation for why. You certainly don't want to be like a skin popper right under the skin. No. Um, but you're saying go straight in. Now I'm totally confused. Yeah, I mean, if the needle is really small, if you have a half-inch needle, you have a lot more room to get under the skin. But if you're using an Got insulin it. syringe, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's just for people looking at this on YouTube, let's see if I can, so it can would, see that it would, behind you. That, that will most likely go all the way underneath the skin. One of the things that I found is after injecting a certain area over and over, there's um, kind of this little semi-fascial layer that's in the dermis that will tint... Um, underneath the needle, if the needle's not really sharp, like you have to pass the needle through the rubber stopper on your bottle, and if somehow the needle isn't sharp enough to go all the way through, there's a little tinting that happens. And I looked at this under ultrasound because I was fascinated. Oh, by, cool! <laughs> by you know people that that swore they were getting these little you know welts or something from their injection site, and they just weren't popping the needle all the way through that little layer that sits in the bottom of the dermis, and um, and, some, you know, we're all made a little bit differently. Some people really, they just need to get it all the way through. And if you're at an angle, it makes it easier to get it into the dermis rather than in the subcutaneous tissue, which is where it really belongs. How many of your patients have a hard time injecting themselves? Many. It, many. Is it just the first time or is yes, it every time? It's usually the first time. And, and some, I mean, I've actually had patients who were great candidates for certain peptides and they just... They really wanted them, and they just said, I'm sorry, I don't think I can do it. I've had patients who want to come in and see me and have somebody in my office inject them regularly. It It's so funny. That, that first time, it is a serious, it screws with your mind. Yes. It, it, like yeah. Everything you've ever known is don't allow things past your skin barrier. And your body knows this. You, I mean, every animal knows this. Like nobody wants to, a puncture wound, right? Right. Uh, and overcoming that voice in your head is crazy. Mm -hmm. Well, even even physicians, when I'm training physicians that, you know, they get a little willy about injecting themselves. So I demo just like what you did. I do that on right in front of all my students. I, you know, just find an area. I show them how simple it is. And I do it in front of my patients, too. When they're when they're a little uncomfortable, I don't think I can inject myself. I drop some saline. 
Um, and I just inject myself right in front of them and show them how easy it is. And it seems to take the boogeyman out of it. It's really not a big deal. But yeah, the first time you just have to get past that. And it doesn't hurt with an insulin syringe. It's like you can't even feel it half the time. It's so trivial. But man, it's it's that story in your head that I'm going to die. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about another just awesome peptide. Um, and one, I actually mixed up a fresh vial this morning uh, for my wife because she ate something and it gave her a little bit of gastritis. Can you guess which peptide I'm talking about? Are you talking about BPC-157? How did you know that, oh, Dr. Heather? I think that's probably my favorite. Next to epithalon, that is probably my favorite peptide. It is unbelievable. I, I, And the Croatians, you know, were the ones who did all, so much research on BPC-157, and, and, and we, we benefited from that. And I'm pretty sure that the Croatians really feel that all you really need to survive is food, water, and BPC-157. <laughs> well... I think I'll pull some of that into my next vial because I have a little bit of tendonitis I've been working on. So I'll stick that in my other arm. Absolutely. It is <laughs> It is just a phenomenal peptide. It, it's a body protective compound. It's isolated from human gastric juice and it brings the body into homeostasis. So if you're too high on one thing, it brings you back down. If you're too low on something else, it brings you up. And it's incredibly powerful at healing tissue healing connective tissue, even healing other kinds of tissue. We use it for cognitive. We use it for... Um, Do you put it in the brain, like cerebral no, spinal no, fluid? No, no, I don't put it anywhere like that. You want to stick your own spinal fluid? That's, you know... I stick all sorts of stuff in my spinal fluid. It's like, <laughs> it, what are you doing weekends? <laughs> but it's, but, you know, it is using it systemically. It it, it does really, really well for inflammation every place in the body. That is my right. favorite peptide to use for pain. Absolutely. It's good for pain. And it was originally for gastric healing is where we discovered yes. it. So you can, it's one of the oral actives. I literally said, Lana, drink this. Mm -hmm. We didn't even have to inject her. And it's systemically active that way. But for healing Crohn's disease, healing all kinds of stuff. Yes. But in my case, all right, I can go below the elbow where my tendonitis is or I can go above the elbow. Just stick it right um, in. Just, just like right up there. Stick it or where down it there. Just stick. No one's it. ever told me. Stick anywhere. it where it hurts. Where does where it, it hurt? Where it hurts. Close? All right, I'm gonna do it like right there. There you go. Okay. Now this should be a painful zone. It is a tiny needle. It's like a human hair. I'm just gonna wiggle it in a little bit. You see that? If you can, if you just don't pass out. If you want to needle people. So now <laughs> it's in there. I did 45 degrees again because I'm a bad person. <laughs> Ow. Okay. Injecting this stuff hurts, just because of the pressure, right? Because there's not a lot of fat right there. Correct. Okay, that was hurting a hell of a lot because it's right near the nerve. You ah! reposition your needle. It, I it, could reposition my needle, yeah. but that would suck. That means just it's wiggle just, it around. Yeah, just reposition it away from that structure that it's unhappy. Is that better? A little bit. I got half of it in. This is actually the most painful time I've ever done it. Yeah, you but... might just be a little too close to something that doesn't like that. Or the, the needle itself may be near something. But the BPC is, is, is just incredible. And... Um, it is one of the few peptides we can take orally, and it actually was shown to reverse non, you know, like NSAIDs, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, the mm -hmm. havoc they can wreak on the GI system. It can reverse that damage. Oh, that's cool. Because when people take that baby aspirin every day, which is like the worst anti-aging advice ever, um, it shreds their gut after a while. So maybe they should stop doing that and start doing some BPC. Yeah. Uh, now, I'm... Uh, I'm actually glad I did that one. So we've got BPC for healing quickly, pain management. 
We've got PT-141 and melanotan for cognitive function and just the zest for life as well as bedroom activities. Epitalon for anti-aging. Talk to me about pinealon. I don't. I haven't used that peptide very much. Ooh. Yeah. Well, that's I've, one that we won't talk about then. All right. So pinealon's not on your uh, your radar. How about thymosin? Is that one that you use? Oh yes, I love. All right, tell me about thymosin. Um, thymosin alpha one and thymosin beta four are both. Um, I use them a lot in my practice. I use them a lot on myself as well. The thymosin what alpha for? is. Um, it's it's incredibly effective at, at when you start if you're going to start to get sick, um, doesn't matter you know cold and flu season and if you start to have any symptoms at all, you can do a fairly large bolus dose of thymosin alpha and and your immune system is so propped up that you don't even get sick it's it's all over from the first onset of symptoms. Um, it's also exceptional for inflammation. Or autoimmune, all the autoimmune conditions, especially autoimmune um, inflammatory arthropathy, which um, I have and I, I had, I should say, it's something <laughs> that's extremely managed. I don't, I don't think anybody with autoimmune disease should wear that label as if, oh, you've got autoimmune disease. You know, good luck. It's it's not like that anymore. We understand so much better how to modulate the immune system to not have symptoms. And thymosin alpha is extremely effective at that. And it's very safe in high doses. It has a short half-life. So if you're um, aggressively treating, you need to treat multiple times during the day. Um, but in combination with the thymosin beta-4, you really, it, it just tackles inflammation. Um, it's really, really good. So you inject alpha-1 and beta-4 at the same time? I inject a lot of peptides at the same time. I'm I'm kind of a um, a combination peptide freak. <laughs> I, I mean, I, peptide pincushion. Yeah, me too, actually. I, but they they work so when you know how to combine peptides in your system, not in a syringe, but in your system, um, then you you're getting this synergy that um, is is really incredible, and you can get that for your patients. We are not just tackling one thing. You know, peptides combine fine in a syringe, though. They're just small little protein fragments. They're not likely to stick to each other and form new compounds when you're injecting They're them. They're not likely to, but unless they've done the testing on stability. Now, for my own self, but this is this is controversy that comes up all the time. I get asked this constantly to save yourself from, you know, if I'm, if I'm using seven peptides, do I have to inject myself seven different places two to three times a day? Anybody would get tired of that. Um and I've talked to different PharmDs about this. I've talked to one who works with a peptide manufacturer that said, if you're combining in a syringe and injecting in your body, your chances of having some cross-reaction happen where something becomes unstable is very, very low. And yet there are other respectable folks in the peptide world that say um, you, you really can change the bonding. You can change things. If they haven't been tested for stability to be combined together in a bottle, you shouldn't be combining them in a syringe. So there's two schools of thought on that. I tell my patients, you know, um, if it hasn't been tested, combined in a, in a bottle yet together, then they, you may not be getting the effect you want in the syringe. But most people are combining uh, them in a syringe. It, here's why you combine them in a syringe. It, it's two things. One, it hurts less. And two, syringes are plastic waste. And it's just not okay. Imagine if we had 7 billion people using six <laughs> six needles a day. It would not scale. No, so, I, I don't disagree with you. And I, 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 I think that it's a good platform to ask for more stability testing so that we can yeah. combine peptides and feel very comfortable that your investment is safe. 
I feel like maybe I'm wasting 10% of efficacy if I combine them, but in terms of safety, I don't think I'm taking any risk at all just based on how stuff works. I agree with you. The, I don't disagree with that. something else that I want to offer to you and to the world as a best practice. So you have to throw away your sharps when you're doing injections and you don't want to hurt people and get them stabbed and all worried. So what you can do, I have a syringe right here and I have a pair of wire cutters. So only the sharp part has to go into your sharps container where it gets incinerated. The rest of it can go in the recycling bin and you can actually make something out of it. So you can literally take wire cutters and you just cut your syringe off right in the middle of the plastic tube. And when you do that, you end up with the sharp part you can put in your sharps container. You only need maybe 10% as many sharps containers, which are also plastic. And the rest of this is fully recyclable. So save the planet a little bit of stuff that doesn't need to be in landfills by doing it the right way. Have you ever seen that before? I have never seen that before, but I love that. I thought of that myself. That is excellent. That's why you're such a genius. I love that. I will definitely share that with patients and everybody else because you're right. It is very wasteful. And the side benefit is that we all know that grip strength is a measure of age. So here's my digital grip strength meter right here. So if you can actually make sure that you're strong enough to, <laughs> what did it say? It says that my grip is too strong for when you're 18. I, I don't know. <laughs> Actually, I didn't hit start. Let's see how, let's see how I do on my digital grip strength meter. Here we go. Ready? After a peptide injection, uh, 126.6 pounds. Yep. It says that if I was 18, I did good. Anyway, if your patients can't squeeze wire cutters, then you know that they need to do peptides so they can squeeze the wire cutters to cut the needles. So I'm getting a little bit distracted here, but the point is uh, these things are are pretty darn powerful and we don't have to waste needles. So my recommendation is to do what I do, uh, which is unless you know that it's unsafe to mix these things, given that your body mixes peptides inside itself all the time, it's probably okay. It's what I do, but people have to do whatever the doctor says. Okay. What are the peptides am I missing here? We've got thymosin, we've got PT-141, we've got epitalin, we've got melanotan. Well, um, I, I think what I, near and dear to your heart also, and, and what you, you really, um, I thought in Superhuman, you did such a great job of explaining really technical things um, to non-technical people when it comes to mitochondria and cellular energy. We have some really exciting peptides. One of them isn't even out yet. It's, it's supposed to be available in March. Um, but it is a mitochondrial peptide. Um, Whoa. Yes, it is SS31. SS? SS31. And it helps to dysregulate the production of mitochondrial free radical production. So the mitochondrial-derived reactive oxygen species and is therefore being looked at as a global anti-aging molecule. And it's going to make its debut in March. Um, but there's been a lot of buzz about this peptide, um, in, especially in combination with the 5-amino-1-MQ, which is another one of my favorites. 5-amino-1-MQ is um, it's a capsule, which is kind of nice to take a break from injecting. Um, and its its real target is it's a nicotinamide N-methyltransferase inhibitor. And so it not to get too technical on it, but you're you're improving your um, autophagy of mu- especially muscle cells that are no longer serving you. I love the term zombie cells. Um, <laughs> if you have zombie cells, 
they're not serving your, you anymore. When the 5-amino-1-MQ not only improves cellular energy, but it's also flipping that switch to either take a cell that is sickly and get it back to a normal functioning cell or allow the autophagy to happen. But interestingly about this peptide is when you take it, you feel really good. You notice less body pain, more focus, more energy. Um, wow. Your own physical capability is is better. You can run a amino more. 1MQ, one capsule a morning? Uh, well, the, the, the studies were really done with three capsules a day. Um, and because it, like Monday, you know, morning, noon and, and evening, um, I usually recommend people start with one because it can increase hunger. That has not happened to me, but there are quite a few people that notice that, that they do feel a little more peckish or a little more hungry than they normally do. Um, I practice intermittent fasting and I, I think that keeps my craving really, it's just not something that I've had a problem with since I've been practicing intermittent fasting. Um, but that's been reported as a possible side effect, but everybody that uses this peptide and it's, it's really designed to treat, it's going to sound kind of silly, but diet induced obesity. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so there's, you know, not so many forms of obesity, but that's how they kind of state it. So, um, it's it's a, a great little peptide, very low um, to no side effects other than some people reporting increased hunger. And um, it's palpable. It's kind of nice. You know, one of the things that's nice about melanotan is you really see it um, working. It's very obvious yeah. that it's doing something in your body. And not everybody is as sensitive to feeling the changes of these things, at least not right away. Everybody will notice after using peptides for a certain period of time. Um, but when there's a there's a somatic um, symptom, there's there's a, a noticeable difference in how you feel, how you think, how you sleep. It's a pretty powerful reinforcement, um, and 5-amino-1-MQ is one of those. It's 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 a very exciting peptide that has so many applications. That is one that I have not experimented with. I've I've heard about it, but uh, you've encouraged me to go find some and give it a shot. And I'll definitely be doing the SS31 as soon as that comes out because the mitochondrial peptides are um, very exciting. Anything that makes mitochondria work better is a good deal. That's exciting. So please no. tell me how it goes for you when you use these peptides. I'm really love to know. I will. It can be a little bit overwhelming to think about, okay, there's all these cool peptides. Dave, I thought I knew my vitamins. I know about uh, calcium D-glucurates in the liver. That's one of my big favorite ones that people don't talk about often enough. And I know about glutathione and I have vitamin A and vitamin K, I have to go with vitamin D. Like I've done my, my basic supplements. I know the difference between magnesium 3 and 8 and magnesium oxide, and I know which one is not very useful. All right, so if you're there and everything I just said made sense, congratulations, you've been listening for a while. You read one of my books. I love you. Uh, And if that was enough to make your eyes get big, that's okay. There's experts you can hire. You can read read a book, do the work. But then we just dumped a whole bunch of new knowledge, some of which isn't superhuman, but I did not write about LL37 or 5-amino-1-MQ. In fact, I know how to spell those, but you might not. And that's okay because there's two things. Number one, there are always show notes on daveasprey.com. So you can just go there and all the stuff is transcribed, a link to it, all that sort of stuff. But what's even more cool is you can go to drheather.net slash Dave and she's put together you know, top 10 things you might want to do with peptides uh, for fun and profit. Is that the name of it really? 
No, it's just top 10 conditions that baptize my treat. <laughs> I like your title better, though. <laughs> uh, but basically, you know, what you can do with peptides. And so I think you should download that if you want to get sort of the 101 on, on peptides. And that's worth your time. You're not charging for it. We don't have no, any no. sort of weird affiliate it, it, deal. You just did something nice because we talked at A4M and you're like, oh, people would like this. <laughs> But it is, on the other hand, a greedy grasp for someone's email address, so you can email them again about peptides, isn't it? To educate them further. Well, if if they're interested, I'm not. Yeah, I mean, my <laughs> website, course. you kind of let me know if you're interested in that. But but we do it on the website, so we kind of know that that you're coming from from Dave, and that, that this is a gift for you guys. So we, yeah. I promise that if we have your email address, I will never give it to anybody else or ever use it inappropriately or anything like that. No, I don't like it, it when people do that with mine. <laughs> so and by now, most people listening to the show have figured out. Look, uh, I'm not going to send them to to douchebag people. And if you care about peptides, you're interested, get on this, get on the list. You'll probably share some more in, interesting stuff. And they always know they can unsubscribe. And it's the same thing, you know, on, on my list on Dave Asprey. I send out the latest stuff I write. And if people don't like what I write, then they probably won't read the emails or they'll they'll unsubscribe. And I would I would want them to, because the last thing you want to do is waste someone's time. That's not good. Right. Well, I think this episode has been a great use of time because we talked about what are peptides, uh, what they can do for us. Uh, pretty much every man and woman uh, who has thought about it is probably saying, what's that PT-141 stuff again that makes you younger, healthier, and you wake up with a kickstand? All right, I want that one. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, Milano tan. You mean I get a tan without having to be in the sun and get wrinkles? Okay, I check box on that one. Uh, thymosin, I want to have the young person's immune system. Check. And BPC, I don't want to be in pain. Check. There we go. Here's the deal. These are cheaper than pharmaceuticals. They're cheaper than some supplements, high-end supplements. But like, they should be a part of your daily or weekly practice. Uh, and so I, I truly believe that. That's why I've written about them. I've been doing this for a long time. Uh, and injecting yourself with a tiny needle is a trivial non-event. Uh, uh, final piece of advice, uh, other than to download um, Heather's guide here, is that if you're really seriously freaked out about needles, go get some EMDR. EMDR, eye movement dissociative response. Uh, that is a form of therapy. It'll take one or two sessions. The therapist will move your eyes till you're in reset mode, and you can probably stop being freaked out about needles. Um, it's not that big of a deal. That would be excellent. And for any physicians who are really interested in peptides and and haven't really found the training that seems to suit them, um, go to the same drheather.net slash Dave. And for physicians, I actually am going to give you a free protocol on one of the peptides we talked about today, the full, the full Monty protocol. So um, I want more doctors to really feel comfortable prescribing peptides so that more of your patients and more people in general will benefit from them. Now, if I'm a semi-professional unlicensed biohacker and I wanted to see the doctor's uh, protocol, what's stopping me from getting it? Hmm? Well, I'll make sure that you get it as well. All right, just check it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone else, you really shouldn't say that you're a doctor when you go to web pages to get the good stuff. So please don't do that. That would be very wrong to say that you're a doctor to get that one and then unsubscribe from the doctor's list and just be subscribed to the other list. You should never do that. Well, it wouldn't be the end of the world and it, because it's very technical. So when I give the protocol for people who aren't in yeah. medicine, it might it might not be very interesting, but you're you're welcome to to take a look. Awesome. <laughs> it, it's the same thing. You go to WebMD, they're like, for doctors. And then for me, I'm like, oh, that's what I wanted. And for everyone else, like, warning, this drug comes in a pill. You could choke on the pill. Like, Guys, <laughs> come on. <You> know? <laughs> All right. 
Uh, Heather, it's it's been fantastic having you on the show to talk about uh, peptides and what that you know, kind of what they do and how you got there from hormones. And I am I'm very very convinced after five years of using them that they're a very powerful part of anti aging medicine. And I wish that we would just get more of them approved and and out there faster. And your work training doctors is important for that. So thank you. Thank you. It's been such a pleasure, and thank you so much. And thank you for come, having me on to talk about peptides, which I'm just, um, is a huge passion of mine. So it's been wonderful. The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.